Bless the name of Jesus. Would you turn with me please to the book of Hebrews chapter number 12. Let us consider and read together verse number 2. Hebrews chapter number 12. Let us please read and consider verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everybody say, the joy of the cross. My brothers and sisters, the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. To us who are saved, it remains the power of God. When men sin in the garden against the great God Jehovah, against our Father, men did not realize that there was going to be a trail of pain, disaster, and shame. When Adam disobeyed the commandment of God, when God instructed him in the beginning that he should not eat from the fruit of the tree which was in the middle of the garden, and he totally ignored the instruction of God and ate of the tree, the Bible said pain followed the human race. Immediately after they were put out of the garden, and you know the narrative how two brothers were walking before the presence of God, and the one was jealous because God accepted the sacrifice and the worship of the one brother instead of that of the other. And the one brother came up against his brother and killed his brother. And when God asked him, Cain, Cain, where is your brother Abel? He would attitude responded to God and says, well, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? From that time onward, we see a clear trail and, 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 and a clear season of shame and pain and degradation and destruction as the human race continue to fall further and further away from the presence and the grace of God. We are told how God would look down upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and how God saw the devastation and deprivation of man's heart and how it repented God that he created men. And the Bible said God visited that city with fire felling from heaven and God judged them as a result of the iniquity of their hearts. We look at the narrative and the story of Noah and his family when God came into the earth and was looking for just people people that would seek after his presence, only Noah and his family was found. And the Bible said God instructed him, well, I want you to build an ark for the salvation of the peoples of the earth. And I want you to preach this gospel for the next 120 years. And Noah preached the message of the love and the grace and the judgment of God which was to come. And people ignored him and ignore the message and the invitation to be reconciled with God until that day that Noah and his family was ushered by the hand of God into the ark. The ark's 
door remained open because God continued to be a merciful, a gracious, a compassionate, and a loving God. Despite the fact that God allowed the ark's door to remain open, the people continued to make fun of no one says, well, what are you talking about judgment and rain? We do not even know what rain looks like until God himself shut that door and the judgment of God visited the earth and the people saw the wrath of God. Throughout the Bible, we see how man was moving further and further and further and further away from the grace and the presence of Almighty God. The Bible declared that the wages of sin brings forth death. And as man continued to sin and to rebel against the great God, Jehovah, there was nothing other than pain and sorrow and death that was prevalent and in the midst of the human race. One, one generation after another would experience the same uh, 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 tra uh, uh, tragedy of sin and shame and humiliation and suffering and sickness and disease until the prophets would come and they would speak about one that was going to come. They would prophesy and they would promise that God was going to send a savior. When Isaiah looked into the future, he said, who had believed our report? And to whom was the arm of the Lord revealed? He would grow up as a tender plant before him as the root out of dry ground. He had no calmliness of beauty when we would see him. Ah, he was wounded, Isaiah says, for our transgression. He would be bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace would rest upon him, but by his stripes, God would secure our healing. One would come that would break the power of sin. One would come that would break the power of sickness and disease and the power of the curse and the one that they were talking about, his name is Jesus. All of the prophets spoke about him, whether it was Jeremiah, whether it was Ezekiel, Obadiah, Zephaniah, Nahum, they all prophesied about him. Until that wonderful morning when heaven sent an angel to visit the people's planet to a woman, a little 17-year-old girl by the name of Mary. The Bible says the angel came to her and said, Hail! Mary, full of grace, isn't he a gracious God? The Lord is with you and blessed are you among the women. Mary, you are going to become pregnant and you are going to bore a child. He will be great and God will give unto him the throne of his father, David. Mary says, how can this be, seeing that I do not have a man? The angel said, the power 
power of the most high will come upon you that's why that holy child that will be called uh, that will be born of you will be called the son of God nine months later here comes Jesus into the world born in a manger born of a woman hallelujah why is God sending Jesus into the earth the reason why God sent Jesus into the earth because God wanted to intervene in the affairs of humanity God sent Jesus into the earth because God knew that if he does not intervene and help that humanity would not be able to help themselves ah Jesus Christ our Lord and our blessed Savior he walked the streets of Jerusalem he walked amongst the people and he preached the gospel of the love of of God he opened the eyes of the blind he unstopped the ears of the deaf he loosed the tongue of the dumb he even raised the dead but that's not why he came he came for another reason hallelujah the Bible says for this purpose was the son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil hallelujah ah Jesus the Christ the son of the living God fulfilled his ministry for three and a half years and when the fullness of time was announced in heaven Jesus told the disciples it's time for us to celebrate the Passover hallelujah hallelujah here is Jesus with his disciples and he told them what the prophet spoke about is about to be fulfilled he looks at them and he says one of you is going to betray me and they ask is it I Lord is it I he says the one to whom I give the bread that's the one that's going to betray me and he gave the bread to Judas and Judas got up Jesus said to him whatever you have to do do it quickly he went and sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver the Bible very clearly and emphatically tells us that Jesus gets up and he tells the disciples it's time to go and pray because the hour is about to come they go into the garden and Jesus begin to commit himself to the father because it's for this hour which the son of God came into this earth he prayed and prayed looked at the disciples and says could you not tarry with me for one hour went away a second time and prayed again and then he stood up because the enemy the Roman soldiers were coming to take him away and the Bible tells us as they approached Jesus he asked them who are you looking for they said we are looking for Jesus of Nazareth and he says I am he you know the narrative my brothers and my sisters how they took 
Isaac, the Christ of God, the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of mankind. And they brought him before Caiaphas. Later on, Caiaphas sent him away and said, well, you know, I don't want to get involved in this matter. And he ended up before the throne and the judgment seat of Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate, his wife, already had a dream about the suffering Savior and told him, please, make sure you don't have anything to do with the innocent blood of this man. Pontius Pilate was looking for a way to free Jesus and to let him go. The Bible said Jesus stood before him and he said to Jesus, listen, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus looked at him and said to him, you say that of me. I'm not saying it of myself. He said to Jesus, now listen please, do you understand? I've got power in my hand to set you free and I've got power to retain you and give these people what they wish. Jesus looked at him and said, you would have no power over me except the power which my father has been giving you from above. I've come into this world to lay down my life as a ransom and as an atonement for the sins of the world. You know the story. They found him guilty. Here is Barnabas. Here is Jesus whom you says is the king of the Jews. Why don't you choose and let us know who we should set free for you? They said, well, give us Barnabas. Give us Barnabas. Away with Jesus. He says, but come on now, come on. What must I do with him? The people said, crucify. Crucify him. Away with him. Then they took the Son of God. And all through the night, they began to taunt him and torment him. They began to beat him, pull his beard out of his face they took a crown of thorns and they put it on his brow they blindfolded him and said tell us who is it among us that hit you tell us prophesied the people say that you are a prophet ah but as a lamb before his shearers he did not open his mouth because it's for this reason that Jesus came into the world they denied him water they denied him rest and the next morning they had prepared the cross already the next morning he was stripped and naked and they said to him now let us go to the place of the skull the place called Golgotha and they took the Christ of God Mary's son Joseph's led and God's firstborn they took him and forced him to carry that old rugged cross and carry it did he walked with that cross via the Della Rose and fell because his strength was no more heaven slipped the whole night and blood has left his body he fell until Simon came and picked 
of the cross and help the Savior of the world. But it was for this reason. It was for this purpose that God sent Jesus into the world. When they met at the place of the skull, the Bible emphatically declared that he gave himself. Do you remember my brothers and sisters? He said, no man take my life from me. The Father has given me a commandment. He says, my son, you can lay it down or you can pick it up. And I have decided of my own fruition, I'm going to lay it down. And there he was naked and tired and bleeding and swollen, but he stretched himself out and they nailed his hands. He stretched himself out and they nailed his feet. They stretched himself out and then they took him and elevated and lifted the cross. There amongst the two is hanging the Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. They are casting lots over his clothes. They are making fun of the Savior of the world, Joseph's lad and Mary's son. The Bible says he hung on that cross as though rejected by heaven, as though rejected by the earth because he suspended in between. The Jesus of Christ began to hang there until the earth whom he created and the sun in its fullness says, I refuse, I'm not going to look at the son of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He hung there until it became dark. Yes, he hung there. He hung there until the earth became, you know, unsettled in itself. And the earth was going to break forth in convulsion in just a little while. We don't have much time. Yes, he hung there. He hung there until he says, Eloi, Eloi, Labach Sabachthani, my God, my God. God, why has you forsaken me? The Bible says that Christ became a curse so that we could experience and walk in the fullness of the blessing of Almighty God. He hung there until he said these words, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit and he died. But that's, here's the wonderful thing. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the who for the who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and he despised the shame what is this joy that the bible was talking about i tell you my brothers and sisters this joy is what is bringing us together before the presence of god for the bible says in the book of colossians having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against such which was contrary to us he has taken it away having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle 
will triumphing over them. What is this joy that Jesus saw in dying for us? The joy that Jesus saw in dying for us is the fact that His blood, His blood, there's power in the blood of Jesus. His blood, His blood is the guarantee of our propitiation. His blood is the guarantee of our reconciliation. His blood is the guarantee of our sanctification. His blood is the guarantee of our glorification. His blood is the guarantee that the middle wall of petition would be broken down. And everybody that wants to come can come. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're brown or navy blue like me, everybody can come because a way has been made. God has reconciled the world with himself through Christ Jesus, the son of the living God. And I'm here today for those of you watching by television. I want to encourage you. God loves you more than I have the ability to articulate. He loves you to the point that he embraced the cross. He loves you to the point where he made peace and took the handwriting that was against you and against me and he nailed it to a cross. He died for you on that cross in order to ensure that you can come to God where you are. Are you in that hotel room? You can come to him. You are at home. You can come to him. He can forgive your sins and heal your soul. You are sitting in your car. You are depressed and filled with anxiety. We know that the testimony of the Lord is faithful and true. If you come to him, he will give you life and life more abundantly because Jesus the Christ, the Son of God died so that you and I can experience the joy and the peace of God. You can have peace with God wherever you are. He can forgive your sins, heal your soul. He can wash you in his precious blood. He can change and he can transform. He can arrange and revolutionize your life. Because the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of goats and the blood of a bull. Wherever you are today, our nation needs to know there's power in the blood of Jesus. Our nation needs to know that reconciliation is made possible by the blood of Jesus. Our nation needs to know we don't need to be recognized and declared to be a drunk nation. No, we can be a nation that's filled with the glory of God, the presence of God, the power of Almighty God because Jesus died so that South Africa and Africa and the world could be saved. <laughs> He's a good God. And this morning, I want to tell you, God is not even going to judge. He's not even going to contend with you. He's not, no, 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 no. He says, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. Those of you who are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you Peace and rest. Rest. This morning, I want to pray for you wherever you are. I want to pray and ask God to forgive you and wash you and cleanse you. He did it for me. I was just a young little boy and a young little man, probably 15, 16 years of age. 
my mind filled with suicide because mom, a domestic worker, papa died when I was five, six years of age and I was wandering around and without peace and without hope and, and lived in a hopeless situation. But then that Friday night when I came into his presence, oh, for the joy, the joy, the joy. The reason why he went to the cross is because he saw me that Friday night and he knew that I'm going to save him, I'm going to deliver him, I'm going to set him free and he's going to become a child of God. And from that night to this, my life has never been the same and that's why I know that the testimony of the Lord is true. God is gracious, he's merciful, he's compassionate, he's benevolent. It is the cross that makes salvation possible but it is also the cross that makes the eternal gift of redemption possible. The cross makes heaven possible. I'm looking forward to go there. Yes. Yes, I'm looking forward to go there. Believe in God, he says. Believe also in me. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. He says, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And after I have gone, I'm coming again. To come and fetch you so that you can be where I am. The cross has made all of this possible. He prayed and he said, Father, that they may be where I am. So that they can behold my glory. The glory that you gave me before the foundations of the world was laid. Heaven is made possible because of the cross. The infilling of the Spirit is made possible because of the cross. Our peace, our joy is made possible because of the cross. Our justification, sanctification, glorification is made possible. That was the joy that was set before Him. Let us pray. Eternal God and Father, how do we begin to thank you for your goodness, for your mercy and for your grace? How do we begin to thank you for the manifestation of your love? How do we begin to thank you for sending us Jesus? In simple childlike faith this morning, we bring and present to you the fruit of our lips our thanksgiving and our praise, our gratitude. And we say thank you. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for washing us and cleansing us in His precious blood. Thank you, O oh God, for giving us the gift of eternal life. And thank you for sealing us with the Holy Spirit as your own children. Thank you that you've gone to prepare a place for us. After you have gone, you will come again. All of these wonderful gifts because of the cross and because of your love. Now we pray for those that's watching by television and for those of us that are here today that you would grant unto us the gift of the repentance of sin. That you will touch our hearts and that you will change our lives for your glory and for your honor. May our lives never be the same again as we continue to open our hearts to you and welcome the work and the hand and the grace of God in our lives and in our hearts. Change us and make us your children in Jesus' name. For those of you that are watching by television, wherever you are, 
You can be saved. You can be born again. God can forgive your sins and he can heal your soul. For those of you that are backslidden and you're not living for the Lord, you're not going to church anymore, you're not reading the Bible anymore, you're not praying anymore, you're not having fellowship with the saints anymore, you can come back as the prodigal son. Wherever you are, I want you to bow your heart before the presence of God and repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I come to you just as I am. I am sorry for my sins, the way that I've lived. Please forgive my sins. Heal my soul and make me whole. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you and I welcome you into my life as my Lord, as my Savior. Loving Father, thank you for receiving me through Christ as your own. Write my name in the book of life. I believe in my heart, in the Lord Jesus. I confess with my mouth, you raised him from the dead. According to God's word, I now receive the forgiveness of my sins, the healing of my soul, your miracle of salvation, your gift of eternal life. According to God's word, I am now saved and a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, let's give him a good praise offering. He's worthy to be praised.